0: Welcome to Unchain Your Inner Strength podcast, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Our worldwide guests share their journeys, expertise, and most valuable business and mindset tools to help you succeed both in life and in business. I am your host, Maria C. Krause, mindset and business mentor, and the founder and owner of Unchain Your Inner Strength podcast and online magazine. My life's passion is to help new and aspiring entrepreneurs get their business off the ground, set up effective business and mindset strategies to start working with your sole clients and grow your revenue. If you want to have a chat, you can find me on all social media platforms under Maria C. Krause or check out my website for freebies and updates on new courses. That's at www.mariacrause.com. Hello, everybody. We have today our special guest is Suzanne Carpenter. Hi, Suzanne. How are you? I'm great, Maria. How are you doing? I'm very good. I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, Suzanne is a nutritional consultant, and I'm very, very excited about this podcast, Suzanne. Uh, we had a little chat last week, and you cover so much and especially with everybody out there that's at home going a bit crazy and going to the fridge every five seconds to find the same things that you had five five seconds ago. Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. I'm really, really excited to get to chat with you and your community. Yay, perfect. Okay, so Susan, tell us a little bit of what you do.
0: I, I asked you this. I was like, Susan's company is called Carpenter 180. And I'm a bit intrigued. What, How did you get started? How, what um made you become a nutritional uh, consultant?
1: Okay. Well, okay. So my company is called Carpenter. So I'll just tell you about that just to get started. So my last name is Carpenter. And carpenters build things. So that was an important part to have in there. And then 180 is a direction. So 180 degree turn. If you were to do that, you'd be facing completely the other direction. And it's about making one intentional decision every single day for 80 days in a row to create a new habit and my company exists to What's clear on? up food confusion so that people can win at losing weight in a nutshell there's the introduction to the company that i have but your I question love is how I-, <laughs> I love
0: it no, I just, it kept catching my attention and i forgot to ask you the last time and i was like oh my god why, what is it what is it you know so because it is it's a great name and then you, now that you put
1: it like that it makes so much sense i'm like it's amazing oh. Thank you. Well, it kind of sets the footprint for this thing because like they say that your mess is your message. And I couldn't agree with that more. And in terms of weight loss, America, two out of three Americans are overweight. One out of three is obese. And that's before we went into the crisis right now. And so what that tells me is that it's not about your gene size. It's not about vanity, but excess weight is linked to so many health, problems, meaning hypertension, heart disease, diabetes, inflammation. So many of the reasons that people are sick and going to the doctor link back to weight. And a lot of times weight is, I always say every 10 pounds is a layer of pain that we're protecting ourselves from. So for me, I am basically giving back what was given to me and I feel like I'm a translator and I'm an educator and I'm able to take really complex science and explain it in a way that a first grader understands it and right now I feel very called to explain food nutrition in a way that everybody can understand it and move forward. That's awesome. I like it.
0: Nutrition is one of, my, um, it's one of my favorite topics to talk about. And I think it's because I grew up in a farm and I always grew up with organic food and, you know, healthy food and stuff like that. I just like, it's, I love it. I just like something that I want to pursue. Like that's what I was thinking about me doing now studying a little bit more about nutrition, but, um, we're talking about how does it link? Okay. Like you're talking about emotions and feelings and all that when it comes to food and that's how we develop eating disorders and and things like that. Can you elaborate a little bit more, Suzanne? Because I think we spoke about this last week as in, you know, some people it's like, they go on this fab diet and then as soon as they finish, you go straight into eating how they used to that. They eat a frozen Okay, so can you can you elaborate more about how does it link the eating disorder with the emotions and the feelings that one might, might one might be going through that um leads them to have an eating disorder? That made any sense. Okay,
1: so how about I just I'm gonna tease that out, I guess with a little bit of my story so that your listeners have a background of where I'm coming from. So I'm six foot two, and I was tall. Oh. As a young child, like middle school, I was probably approaching six feet. So my body was never going to fit into that typical mold. And I believe that this one moment when I was on the bus as a young child wearing a pair of shorts, I remember my my legs were just sitting on the bus seat. The popular boy walked past me toward the back of the bus and he made a comment about how big my thighs were. And that's my oldest memory that I have of like a body shame. And so I think from about that point forward, I was trying to fit my tall body into a smaller mold and it began the cycle that would eventually be my eating disorder. So let me say this, this was my greatest shame and it was the secret that I really planned to go to the grave with. I never, ever, planned to talk about the fact that I had an eating disorder. I hid it from my husband. I met my husband when I was in college as a freshman. We've been together and married, we've been married 24 years together, almost 30. We have four kids, a 20 year old and 18 year old and twins that are 13. And I planned to never tell a soul about this. So what happened is I get started in this field where I'm helping people with their nutrition, and I love it. I, you know, I understand the standard American diet. I'm helping them to get results. We're creating this. But inside, I was suffering because I was a bulimic. I would starve myself as much as I could. I could never throw up. So instead, I would over-exercise to outrun my fork. And I would panic if I couldn't exercise. I would get up early on family vacations to go get the exercise in. It was so consuming to me. And I believe it had to do with I was trying to fit a mold. And what was happening is I had this really negative self-talk and it was linked to the shame of the eating disorder where I didn't feel like I was enough or worthy, or I had a voice, or I was competent or I always felt like the underdog. And this voice reaffirmed it every morning. And it felt to me at that time, if I could control food in my body, then, then I could overcome this. The problem is, and this is what I want your, your listeners to hear. I never got there with that plan. I never got to where I felt confident. I never felt good. I always felt hungry and I always had this evil voice talking to me, but I was showing up trying to do the best that I could do. So I'm at an event and I'm sitting with doctors and dietitians, and they said to me, one of them said, so you say that you would die for your kids, but would you change for them? And that was the question that changed everything. And I went through sleepless nights and I tossed and I turned because I realized that if I didn't get me help, then my girls were probably gonna grow up and have that same awful talk track in the mirror every morning. Mm -hmm. And they were likely to mimic my eating pattern. And I couldn't stand that idea. I knew I would never talk to my girls the way I talk to myself. I knew I would never let them hear somebody talk to me the way I talk to myself. And yet, so then it started to not make sense that I would speak to myself this way. Mm -hmm. Okay, so all I was doing was getting me help to help my girls. That was that thing was going to stop. But then what ended up happening is after I made the first break step to say it out loud, and that first time I said it out loud was one of the hardest days in my, I remember the sweat. I remember the heat. I remember feeling like my bones were gonna fall out of my body. I had built this to such a big shame secret that I thought I'd be unlikable and unlovable once I gave up the secret. I wrote this big awful story about what others were going to react like. And it turns out I was met with love and understanding and compassion and kindness and encouragement. And when I was met with that, it was like it became very obvious that the fundamentals that I understood about food about exercise, about how we're meant to talk to ourselves. I realized I had a message for the world that could really help others. They wouldn't necessarily have an eating disorder or be as far down mm-hmm. the road as I was. But I know women tend to show up and they talk awful to themselves in the morning and they're starting yep. their day out feeling like an underdog, feeling insecure, feeling like they don't measure up. And I built a company based off of what I call the golden rule, which is decide what it is you need most in this world and go do that. And that is just what I did. That's beautiful. That
0: is beautiful. For somebody to open up to that, it it takes a lot of courage. I know, I know the feeling that you must have gone through or thinking, you know, you might have got like all this negative feedback because it it is, it's especially when you've been hiding it for so long. Who -hmm. did you, who did you open up for the first time to? Did you open up to your uh, family? Mm-mm,
1: no, no. First time I was with a the therapist. I had to first. Okay, the first person was me, and that was a hard conversation, and I didn't like it. And the next thing that I did, people often ask me this sequence. The next thing I did is I wrote it down in a journal. Nobody was ever going to read it, but I got it out uh-huh. of me onto paper, and it began to make it a, like I was like I was supposed practicing saying it at that point, and then I. It was scary to call and make an appointment and start getting the help. But the first time I said it out loud, it was kind of to a stranger, you know, that should respond. But she helped me to see that people were likely to respond with love. And then I told a friend and it was later that I told my husband. And the reason is this. And I knew if I spoke this out loud, the type of person that I am, I don't want to be a hypocrite and i didn't want to i didn't want to not mean it when i said i was going to pursue overcoming this i didn't want to not be a person of my word so saying it out loud it was like i had to have first have had an inner dialogue with myself that i had the resolve to accept that others were going to have a better way to show me and i was going to Realize that my best efforts weren't getting me where I wanted to be. And I was going to need to lean on their knowledge and expertise and trust that there was hope on the other side of that. And in the process, that can be very scary because you have to, you know, we we're giving our best. We're doing the best that we have. And it's very illogical and hard to believe that somebody else might have. The piece that's the gap between where your problem is right now and where your solution lies mm-hmm. it's hard to believe that somebody owns that piece of information that can make such a big transformation in your life when actually that's the case that's that's the missing piece and that's like a trust walk over a bridge because it's hard to have hope that you can get better because what if you don't yeah. and that fallback yeah. is so heavy and hard but you find the right truth tellers who have things based in science, who are consistent, who are encouraging tremendous successes on the other side of that when you seek mentorship and guidance and help. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know, I know
0: for a lot of people that wants to do the changes, as you said, it's that, it's that little key, that little gap that they need to cross. And, and some people would rather stay in the comfort zone, which is unfortunate because like you did, you took the step you, you know, you courage up and here you are telling your story and encouraging other people, you know, inspiring other people and it's in having passed out yourself. and so, um, you can I
1: just said right there, Maria, you said uncomfortable. That was, I wish we were taught this when we we're younger, that the price to pay often for the business that you want or the life that you want, the price you pay is withstanding being uncomfortable. That's the currency. It is, yeah, it is. You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. <laughs> you, do. <laughs> that. you do you do. And therefore, like just... surrounding yourself with other people who are also actively being uncomfortable that can help to be more encouraging. It does. It does.
0: It, we, I think with, I, with both of them as well, if you surround yourself with people are really
1: comfortable,
0: you want to be uncomfortable because you're like, okay, that's not how I want to live my life either, you know? You kind of take from both sides. It's very true. Yes. It's just like I used to see it with friends. My friend, my friend. She laughs at me because she thinks I'm vain when I'm like, "Listen, I will never date a guy who's overweight." And she was like, "That's a bit vain to say," and I was like, "It's not. It's just the fact that I don't think for me, weight is—it's it's not because it's a physical thing. I think it's more of a mindset thing. If you let yourself go on that sense, you know what I mean? I think that's already you letting yourself go. So if, so if you don't have that love for yourself, as in like, okay, keep fit, that you know, like could just said it, like." overweight or underweight that brings you to leads to diseases and no so those kind of things. It was like if you won't look after yourself, then that that's for me it's a big no no. But that's in general uh. <laughs> it is. And after I explained it to her like that, she was like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> She's like I wouldn't Excuse either No. I think it's more than that. You know yourself, like you know you you're constantly doing work and you're working yourself and there's always something more that how my coach will say another um, another step another devil every time we go a little bit open up another door there's another oh. devil that we have to face <laughs> and it's like That's okay true. isn't it
1: <laughs> I've not ever heard it that way but I would agree with that
0: yeah so (laughs) it is Mm -hmm. so 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 tell me through um we're we're saying we were talking before because yeah this is the reason why we start talking about eating disorder because we want to we wanted to bring in a little bit more into as well for the female entrepreneurs especially now that you're home everybody's in lockdown not only for the female entrepreneur for everybody who's at home lockdown that is working from home because i know there's people that not have their jobs as well but they're working from home and stuff like that Um. You sit there for hours. At least this is my experience. Sit there for hours, work eight, nine hours, and completely forget to eat, and then have a little glass of wine. The worst thing I think I could do after not eating for ten hours, and in, uh, in there I am, and the next day feeling like pretty much crappy. So, <laughs> can can you tell us a little bit for these women that forget to eat like I do, and like yeah, and then we end up eating crap, or we end up having a glass of wine instead of actually getting our nutrition?s Mm -hmm. Can you give Mm -hmm. us a few tips and advice?
1: (laughs) Oh, that'd be my pleasure. Okay, so let me say that um, this quarantine time, this crisis, I've I've worked it from home as well, like you, for 10 years. So this is a lot of the same normal for me. However, when this is a new pattern, um, no matter, I'm just going to give you really practical tips here for what to do. One is when you have a schedule that creates a sense of normalcy. So um, I definitely prescribe to dress for success. So getting the hair and makeup on, getting the clothes on, putting pants on that have a zipper and a button, <laughs> getting out of loungewear, that right away does a lot for your emotional psyche. And that's, that's the part we have to realize that if we're battling weight and food, most of the time, emotions are linked to that. It's not just purely lack of understanding. So if we can tap into, I feel good about myself because I got myself ready for the day, that's a position of winning and that's, it requires something of you. I mean, the expense is the effort to get ready. The result is you are going to feel more confident and better right there, which leads to, can we win the first third of the day? Can you do just the first? third of the day well. And what I want people to learn to do is to look at their plate and just put protein, fat, and fiber on their plate. Protein, fat, and fiber at every meal make maintaining or losing weight no big deal. The reason for that is fiber is the zero calorie part to a carbohydrate. It has no calories. It has a lot of bulk. It'll cause your stomach to swell. It'll tell your brain you're full. It'll help you to be regular in the bathroom. It'll help you malabsorb extra calories, fats, and toxins and usher them into the toilet bowl. You consume fewer Calories, but you have a lot of bulk, and this is a great way to have weight loss without hunger. Rev your metabolism, and then reap incredible health benefits from fiber, which would be like reducing blood sugar, controlling cholesterol, um, reducing risk for estrogen dominance and colon cancer, helping to reduce inflammation in the body. Has tremendous health benefits, and the side effect of of being healthy is weight loss. So if we can look to put our fiber on our plate, like your whole grains, legumes, fruits, and vegetables, Mm -hmm. instead of focusing on carbohydrate, focus on a high fiber food. You'll still have that way. You'll have the carbohydrate for the energy, but what'll happen with protein, fat, and fiber is you're going to turn off loud, hungry hormones. The hungry hormones that are likely to have you, in your case, at the end of the day, drinking the wine and binging on the junk food instead if we can cut off the hungry hormones turn off the cravings biology is going to start working in your favor and that means you show up and you just put them on your plate so for instance breakfast could be a smoothie like a scoop of protein powder and almond milk and chia cedar flax and a little bit of some nut butter cashew butter pecan butter peanut butter almond butter whatever Mm -hmm. just blur that up or An egg white omelet with a little bit of cheese or butter or ghee, depending on if you can handle lactose or not. Just an egg white veggie omelet. So either one of those are gonna be protein, fat and fiber. Okay, I say that just to tell you, can you get that first third of the day? Can you do that? Because if you can just shoot for that small goal, what'll really happen is we'll balance blood sugar and you're much more likely to go to lunch and do the same thing again. Look for another meal that's protein, fat and fiber, And then that's also going to balance blood sugar so that you go later into the day. Okay. And Susanna, sorry sorry to interrupt.
0: Sorry to interrupt there, Lovie. But for instance, there's people, you know, I know a lot of people is like, oh, yeah, the breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And there's people like me that I can't do breakfast. (laughs) It's just one of those things, you know? It's just like, okay, get my exercise done in the morning. I'm a morning person when it comes to all the, you know, workouts and everything. And probably by half 12, I have my meal, my first meal of the day. Yeah.
1: Breakfast means break fast. So whenever you're ready for that.
0: Okay. All right, perfect.
1: (laughs) I don't know if I thought about that word, breaking like that. It never makes sense. Yeah. That's all that means. So some people are... I'm like you, I don't need to eat for quite a few hours after I wake up. So just first meal, Mm. just count that as your first third of the day. So I'm like you, I eat typically 12 o'clock for my first meal as well. And then I have a snack to ruin my dinner. And it's again, protein, fat, and fiber. Like Mm -hmm. um, there's these things called GT crackers that you can order off Amazon and put some avocado and Turkey on top of them, or put some peanut butter and jelly, Like sugar-free jelly. That's a great little something. And dinner is just, again, a grilled piece of meat and vegetables. So what that sets up for is just foundation of eating. And then if there's something you love, like the glass of wine or the cookie, not the cookies, but the cookie, (laughs) If if you've eaten kind of solid meals all day long, if there's something that you love that you want to have into your day, have it. Because what we want to do is we want to create a pattern of eating now that you love, that's getting you results, whether maintaining or losing. But if you're not eating in a way right now, it in a way that you see yourself eating when you're 70, you haven't found the right pattern of eating. So what I am looking to do is just can we teach the fundamentals of always filling our plate with protein, fat, and fiber, but can we also learn how to work in the thoughtful indulgences, the things that we love so much that that are worth having? you know, for me, it's also the glass of wine and it's the dark chocolate, but I don't love macaroni and cheese. So I would tend to fill my plate. And if macaroni and cheese was offered, I wouldn't eat it and spend my calories on that and my carbs on that. I would save them for my glass of wine that I prefer to have. <laughs> that's
0: what—that's probably What I do as well <laughs> yeah. was yeah. you mentioned like there? I love that part that you said, okay, if you won't eat, if you will eat the same when you're 70, then you have found, you know, a way that eating that you like. Cause I, cause I know for a lot of people like they, you know, they, they go into this fab diets and I'm glad that now there's other diets that are more, they're more like a way of living, you know, like Weight Watchers. It's, it's Weight Watchers is not like, that's how you're going to live for the rest of your life, basically. Like I have friends that have been doing it for years and they love it. And they stick with that meal plan and i know there's a few other ones like that you know that that they actually you enjoy what you're eating because it's not i don't think you have to pride yourself from everything you know when you cut everything it's like okay no chocolate no pizza no pasta no none of
1: that and (laughs) And if you're doing that if you're doing that just to lose weight and you're cutting things out what happens when you're done with the weight loss and you add them back in you're going to gain the weight back mm-hmm. and so that's going to perpetuate always yo-yo dieting and what we want to do is find food peace and find a way that we're going to eat most of the time and then a hard thing for people to believe is when you're fueling your body when you're giving it these foods that turn off hungry hormones your cravings go down that is very illogical to think that that can actually happen But your body is desired to work if you put the right food in it's not necessarily hard it just requires discipline to do it and that that's the psychology behind like being an entrepreneur and being successful with weight loss so like success leaves clues let's say you've been successful in your business raising your family getting a grade on the test in athletics you can also be successful when it comes to weight loss. You just need a little bit more information. That's why I built out Carpenter 180. You're not meant to be on a diet for the rest of your life. We are meant to solve this problem. The thing is, somehow with food, it's like it's okay to not use exercise or discipline and compromise when it comes to food choices, but you have to use discipline and compromise in every other area of your life. You have to be disciplined to show up to work. You have to be disciplined to feed your kids. You have to be disciplined to pay your bills. You have to compromise in relationships. That is a skill we, we use all over the place. It's also necessary in the nutrition field and food became this okay thing to overindulge in, to just numb out in you wouldn't numb out in drinking or in drugs or stealing or gambling that society doesn't really advocate for that. But it Mm -hmm. does seem to say it's okay to do that with food when really food is at the the center of what's getting so many people unhealthy with compromised immune systems, even right now. That's so true, Suzanne, but it's just,
0: (laughs) when they used to put, you know, the ads of like, um, cereals I think that's why I kind of don't need breakfast because it was like always oh, like the cereals and it's like yeah you're healthy healthy snack like you healthy breakfast and it's like all this stuff that is pure sugar and chocolate and and it's just like oh my god this is actually what you're telling people that is healthy you know how that's the pyramid you are. remember how the pyramid used to be the pyramid of food and you were supposed to have that first and just like I think whoever was trying to sell a lot of cereals there
1: made up that pyramid <laughs> I don't know uh, yes that yes and there's a lot of undoing and reteaching that has to happen now because of that that's a good point
0: yeah, yeah but it is but it's, it's you know it, it made no sense for certain things like you know i i was raised in argentina and I'm, i've been a vegetarian for five years and to tell someone from argentina you're a vegetarian they look at you like you have four heads you know it's just like what do you eat it's like because everybody's like so carnivore here that it's like that's the basics of the everybody's meal that it's like what do you mean you're vegetarian it makes no sense whatsoever <laughs> I'm like no you can still live on that are <laughs> very very healthy <laughs> uh, yeah can I ask you one more question cuz this is this is the intriguing part since we're talking about like not stop not trying try to find a way to eat better you know those times of the month when you get those cravings and it's your body's going freaking mental. And I'm like, because mm-hmm. I've tried to replace stuff and I'm like, okay, well, I'll, instead of eating the chocolate, I'll grab a fruit. That's like, you know, I still get the little sugar, but it's just, it's just not happening. It just, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. It's just like my body's like, no, give me what I want. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Is that is that of the lack of something that um what we have let's say iron or any sort of vitamin that we could replace it with that is like what we're losing when when we have our period?
1: Would you know a little bit more about that? Well, everybody is different. That's that's kind of like a fundamental truth. But if you're like let's say you're eating protein and you're getting an adequate amount of protein for your body that helps you to um, crave fewer carbohydrates, which would show up in the form of chocolate, which would be a okay. carbohydrate. So if you're getting enough protein, your body might crave less than normal. If you're getting enough, your body's not going to crave as much other getting enough fiber and your body's going to... Have... The hardest part is when all you want is chocolate, the hard part would be having a beautiful salad Avocado eggs seeds some grilled meat whatever you want to that would be the hardest part because really the chocolate just sounds so amazing <laughs> so this is this is what I advocate eat the food that's just going to help you protein fat and fiber have the chocolate food is neither good nor bad this needs to be told to everybody food is not assigned a good or bad quality it's just Certain foods eaten in excess lead to problems or body fat or health problems. Having a little bit of chocolate, not a problem. Having a three-pound block of it—that's eh, <laughs> <what>. so good. <laughs> it's more the portion size. It's more the portion size. And honestly, I would say that's what a lot of people have the harder time with. is the portion size. We have this belief that quantity is more important than quality. So yes. instead. Yes. If we can, if we can balance blood sugar, you're far more likely, this is a pro tip right here. You're far more likely to have just a three bite rule, a thoughtful indulgence. So like, let's say you're like all about the chocolate and it just sounds so good. And you've got the one pound block of chocolate or the big chocolate bar. Okay. If you've balanced your blood sugar by having protein, fat, and fiber, and you can look at that chocolate bar and go, okay, I'm choosing to have some, it just sounds all kinds of awesome but I'm gonna have three bites of it. The reason for the three bites is this, and this is, I hope people listen to this. The first bite is the best bite. It is the one that explodes the flavor in your mouth. The rest of the bites, you're looking for that same high and you're not gonna get there. That first bite is the one that counts. The last bite is the second best bite because it's the one that lingers. Now, the difference is, did you have one bite in the middle Or were you a glutton and you had 40? Because it doesn't matter if you had one or 40 in the middle, it's still the first bite tastes the best, the second bite is the last. So if you have just one bite in the middle, it's like, ooh, I still have more coming, but I'm not overdoing it. And when you can do like a thoughtful indulgence that way and you choose, this is what I love. You are not going to wake up the next day with a feeling of regret and shame food shaming and that awful spiral that kills your self-confidence instead you're gonna wake up and go yeah my period was getting the better of me and i wanted the chocolate and i had it and here we go and you're empowered (laughs) i love
0: it i I really like that that's like i say that that's probably the comparison they give also with alcohol that is like okay the alcoholic that has the first drink and that's the kick and when they have the second one it doesn't give them the same pleasure has given the first time, the first drink. So, yes, it is. Any, I suppose any addiction, it's, it's, how you say, it's interpreted that way though. Um,
1: And I think when you know that, when you can hear that the science behind the first bite and the last bite, knowledge is power. Like those are fundamentals that they sound obvious once you hear them, but they're not obvious when you're in the middle of, like the crazy hormone cycle, or before you've been taught. Yeah. It's not necessarily logical. Now that you've heard me say it, it's entirely practical and logical. No, it is. It does. I'm definitely
0: taking that. I'm starting to do that. Okay, Suzanne, we're going to wrap up a little bit. Uh, can you tell us where people can find you if they want to work with you? If they want to, um, yeah, define
1: how, how, uh, how can you help them?
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, so
1: everything is Carpenter 180, Instagram, Facebook. So it's C-A-R-P-E-N-T-E-R. You spell the word one, O-N-E, number 80, eight, zero. So spell the word one, eight, zero. And then my website is www.carpenter180.com. So it's all the same. Now, Instagram's fun to watch me on because in the stories every day, I'll post up some of the foods that I'm eating just as like the big sister showing up for inspiration and ideas. So that you can go, Oh, it's not so hard. Oh, I got it. Okay, good. Good awesome. Think about that. <laughs> we all need that. We all need the person who's helping us to see the way. Now with Carpenter 180, you're, I have for your listeners seven days free SOS and SOS is Sue's on your shoulder. And they're two and three minute sound bites that come right to somebody's text message in the form of an audio. And it's just teaching out the fundamentals of beginning to have success with weight loss. Why protein, fat, and fiber, where to find fiber, just the beginnings with a lot of like grocery lists and snap ideas, free, go grab that. It's awesome. If you love it, if you love it, it's only $15 a month. It's just a real affordable entry. I also have courses and then I work with people one-on-one, you know, for the people who are like, I have questions. Yeah. And I need you to answer them. And I want some help figuring out what foods I'm going to eat and what yeah. groceries I'm going to buy. And I need you to help me in the restaurants. Mm-hmm. So I do that as well. But the SOS is the one that I'm so excited about. Sue's on your shoulder. It's that little angel voice whispering in your ear, encouragement and goofy quirkiness. But it's really, it's meant for consistency so that you can actually learn. Because you know, whenever you've heard something for an hour and you only remembered one part of it, it was just too much information. Yeah. I'm fighting against to give slow, steady information so that real learning happens so that I can actually change your life. That's awesome.
0: Especially with the food and everything. Because I know for a lot of people, when people think fiber, they only think about probably only cereals with fiber. And there's so much in vegetables and fruit that have fiber as well. That's something I've been been learning lately. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, there That's is right. so much in other things that it's not you know it's it's just that conception that we have of like okay protein it has to be only meat and then you have other things with protein that you have you know lentils you have yeah you have all, all kinds foods, sort of things. And your vegetables exactly, protein yeah. powders and <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay mm. susan it's been an absolute pleasure
1: uh, thank you so much for all the info thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So thank you for having me on here and having having this community where you just having women share their stories to change the world. It's just tremendous. I just, I learned so much from you ladies.
0: That's how I do it. I was like, I love it. I'm like, every time I have a conversation with someone, I I, I learned so much. Yeah. And and it's this, and I have it on the go as well. So whenever I want to listen to it again, I have it on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. This is perfect. Well, thank you very much, Lovie. And thank you everybody for listening. And remember, if you want to reach out to Suzanne Carpenter, I will leave everything on the on the link, on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, Carpenter 180
1: yep perfect that's
0: right thank you thank Thank you for having me thank you see you soon bye thank you so much for listening to today's episode i hope you got great value from this interview and if you'd like to ask us anything related to mindset and business uh, share your thoughts or simply become a guest on this podcast you can contact me at www.bccrauser.com please share this podcast friends in and make sure you subscribe. That way you can get your weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to help you become more successful in all areas of your life. You can find it in all your favorite platforms and you can also find us on YouTube. This is me B. C. Krause, Mindset and Business Mentor and the founder and owner of a Genuine Strength Podcast and Online Magazine. I'm sending you tons of love and virtual hugs, whatever in the world you are. See you soon.